Okay, let's get right into our program, New Hope Radio. We are here, and thank you for joining us today. Great to be with you. Kind of wrapping up the summer, aren't we? Getting ready for the next season. That's what's so cool about New England. I mean, it's got its upside. The four seasons, we like that. I like October. It's coming pretty soon, but we're in September. We're actually still in the summer, aren't we? Hope you're enjoying it. We're in a series entitled Bible Stuff You Should Know. There's a lot of stuff in the Word of God that we know we are required to know. What we're going to do today, we're going to meet the angels. Who are the angels? We're going to meet them. What are they all about? It's going to be a four-part series. We're going to start off by learning about God's holy angels. And then we're going to see the ministries of angels. Uh Uh-oh, then we're going to study the angel Satan. Wrap it up with demons. <laughs> we got the good and the bad. That's what we'll be doing here for the next four programs right here on New Hope Radio. Hey, before I get into it, though, I want to remind you, because this Saturday is it. It's our last open house for the Academy of Higher Learning from 10 to 12. Saturday, September 12th, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. I'll tell you what, we do not use the students as a political football. We are an academic institution. We're going to teach them a wonderful academic curriculum. We're going to teach them what respect is. We're going to teach them the knowledge of God. And you know what? I'll tell you what, there's also parental involvement. So parents, listen, if you're interested in your child's education, the Academy of Higher Learning is for you. But if you're looking for a babysitter, we're not. We are not a babysitting service. We're a school that requires parents to play a part, to oversee your children, protect your investment, and make sure that they are learning, that they're getting the most out of their education. We'll do our part, but every parent is responsible to do their own part as well. So listen, it's this Saturday, September 12th, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., open house. If you can't make it during that time, call us here at the church and we'll schedule a private meeting with you, okay? Maybe you're working, maybe you have other plans, you can't get here. Call us at 508-324-4500. Send us a message on our Facebook page, Academy of Higher Learning, and we'll set up an appointment with you and we will do the best we can to give you your own personal open house. How about that? We are going to try to meet you right where you are. No one's going to be left out. Not if we can help it. Okay, in this time together, we're going to meet the angels. We're going to see the world of angels. Oh, I love it. It's, you know, the world of angels is much more believed today than it was uh, a few generations ago. You know, you think about the churches of Satan, right? Which I don't think about too much. Sometimes they receive wide publicity. And they're even written about in respected periodicals. Because they report on demonic activity in various places. It goes on. It really goes on. Most of it goes on in third world nations. Why is it that there is demonic activity in third world nations? Probably because there's more false religion and more superstition in those places as well. 
But publicity now regarding angels is really gaining ground more and more. And maybe because um, the New Age philosophy seems to be becoming more prominent. Satanic worship? Believe it or not, that's becoming more prominent as well. People coming right out, worshiping the devil. The world of people is more aware of the possibility of uh, at least the reality of the world of spirits. So that's why I think it's a good series. It's very relevant to the time that we're living in. And it's one of those topics that we really should be grounded in. And when we think about angels and God's angels and how they minister to us, I think you'll find it very helpful and very encouraging as well. Okay? Now, you've probably seen pictures of baby angels, right, flying around. Those are contrary to Scripture. Put those right out of your head. There are no baby angels. So let's ask the question, do angels really exist? Do they? The best thing to do is to see what the Bible says. Because you know why? Everybody has their own opinion. Some believe in angels, some don't. In spite of anyone's personal belief about the existence of angels, we have to use Scripture to get the answers that we're looking for. Scripture is the tell-all. Okay? That's truth, right? That's the truth of the Word of God. So let's see then. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. Let's see what the Bible says about the existence of angels. You know, when the Bible talks about angels, it's not confined to one book or even one writer or one particular period of history. In the New Testament, angels are mentioned 174 times. Wow. In the Old Testament, they're mentioned 113 times. And that's not including other phrases that are used to signify angels, such as sons of God, morning stars. Those are phrases that define angels also. So what are angels? You know what they are? They're very simply messengers. That's what they are. Their role is to do the bidding of God. Angels are not spirits of the departed. They are not glorified human beings. Angels were around long before people were created. Okay? Angels are found right back in the book of Genesis, the beginning book of the Bible. And we find them all the way through, right at the last book of the Bible, Revelation. That's pretty cool. And Jesus himself spoke of their existence. He said, see to it that you do not despise one of these little ones, speaking of children, for I say to you that they're angels in heaven. Ooh, continually. Wow. See the face of my father who is in heaven. So we've got little children that have angels watching over them. And they also go to the presence of God. That's pretty powerful people. <laughs> they're powerful spirits, I would say. So what are angels like? We mentioned last time that the Holy Spirit is a person, right? We spent a couple of days on the Holy Spirit. What does a person possess? A person possesses intelligence, emotion, and will. These characteristics really make up the frame of the person more than the body. 
The body is a very temporary thing, but the intelligence, the emotion, and the will, oh yeah, that's eternal. When the body stops, the person keeps going. Angels, then, are personal beings. You know why? Because they also possess intelligence. Did you know that angels have a desire to learn? They're not all-knowing, and they're learning. They're learning about God dealing with mankind. Peter mentioned this in 1 Peter chapter 1. In verse 12, he said, It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you and the things that have now been announced to you, though those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. Now, that could be a little confusing, but here's what it means. It means that when the Word of God is being preached, angels are paying attention. You know why? Because they long to look into the dealings between God and man. See, angels saw God. That's why there's no redemption for the fallen angels. But mankind lives by faith. We've never seen God. That's why we can have redemption. So the prophets heard from God. They preached the good news by the Holy Spirit. And now the angels are looking into these things. And that little phrase, to look, it's the word parakupto. It means to lean over. You know, it's like leaning over to look into something. Para means alongside. Kupto means to stoop down. You see this all the time on the highway. You ever notice that if there's an accident on the highway, the traffic almost stops? Why? People are slowing down to see what's happening, right? And then you get by it, and you're like, that's what it was? Maybe a guy had a flat tire, but everybody's slowing down, slowing down in the fast lane. They all have to look. They, it's called rubbernecking. They all look over to see what's going on, and then they speed up again. Well, the angels are rubbernecking. They're looking into the affairs of man and God. They want to learn. They're learning, here it comes, about the grace of God. Angels are persons and they possess feelings. After the Lord told the parable of the lost sheep, he said, in the same way, remember when the shepherd rejoiced because he found his lost sheep? He said, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 who need no repentance. Who's the joy coming from? The angels. They're like, yes, man. Another redeemed soul. Angels sang for joy at the creation in Job 38. They celebrated. When God put it all together, they're like, wow. They were impressed with God. The Bible says that they sang for joy. So they have intelligence. They have emotion. They have a will. The angels who did not keep their own domain they abandoned their proper abode. He kept in eternal bonds until darkness for the judgment of the great day. This is a reference in Jude 6 to the angels who left their habitation with God and they came to earth. They go habitated with women, causing God to bring the great flood. The offspring were the Nephilim. The human race was tainted. And God had to wipe them out except for the family of Noah, who remained righteous. So they had a free will. Their will was to leave their domain and come to earth and mess around with the girls. That's what they did. So obviously, 
Angels don't have bodies. They're ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who are saved. That's God's angels. But we're going to see that they have the ability to take on a human form. They do that. But here's the good thing about God's angels. They, they're messengers for God, but they're servants for man. I like that. They're messengers to God, and they're servants to man. Now, we're learning about angels today. Did you ever wonder what is the social life like of the angels? Like, what do they do? Um, in Luke chapter 20, Jesus talked about it a little bit with regard to what our lives will be in heaven. He said, the sons of, his, of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy to attain to that age, that's heaven, and the resurrection from the dead, they don't marry and they're not given in marriage. In other words, when we get to heaven, guess what? We're all single. They cannot even die anymore, Jesus said, because they're like the angels, as sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. So angels, first of all, do not have the ability to reproduce with each other. All the angels that we have today, God created them, boom, all at once. Baby angels are never born. Our marriage will be to the Lord Jesus when we get to heaven, not to one another. See, we're the bride of Christ. We're his bride. So births only take place on planet Earth. When we get to heaven, we're going to be like the angels. There's no procreation. We'll all be not in an intimate relationship with each other because our intimate relationship will be with Jesus. He's the bridegroom, and we're the bride. That's going to be the intimate relationship right there. Now, angels are designated by the masculine gender. The only names of angels that we've been given in the Bible, we got Michael. He was a messenger to Israel. He brought answered prayer to Daniel. Remember that in Daniel 10? He disputed with the devil over the body of Moses and Jude. He waged war with the dragon in Revelation 12. So Michael, he's like the, the general of the, of the uh, angels. Then we've got Gabriel. He's more like the messenger of the throne. We only find him in the New Testament. He came to Zacharias in the temple to tell him, that he would father John the Baptist. He came to Mary to tell her that she would bring the Savior into the world. So we've got Michael, who's like the general, Gabriel, who's like the personal messenger of God. And you know the highest angel was Lucifer? And man, he became a fallen angel. Go figure. Go figure. In Isaiah chapter 14, he's called the morning star, the bright and morning star. And other, other translations, he's called the day star, the star of the morning. Lucifer, he had it all, but he wanted more. He wanted what God had. He's called Abaddon, the angel of the abyss. He's called Apollyon. So he is the arch enemy of God. And he was the highest. I'm like, man, God, you, you, Lucifer, 
You had it made. But pride. Oh, that's the killer, isn't it? Pride was found in him. And it destroyed him. That's what pride does, you know. Pride destroys. When you recognize pride welling up inside of you and you find yourself lording it over others, crush it. Crush it the best you can. Because pride is not your friend. It's your enemy. Now, how many angels are there? The Bible tells us here's how many. There's myriads. <laughs> They're innumerable in Hebrews 12, 22. Myriads upon myriads. Countless angels. And when God, think about it. In one day, God made so many angels, you can't even count them. And he did it all at once. Boom, just like that. Wow. When we get to heaven, we're going to see the heavenly host. And it's just going to keep going and going and going. See, everything about God is big. You know why? Because God is big. So everything about him is big. Even the number of angels. Like, why not? Why not? Why have a few when you can have a lot? Right? When God created, he created a lot. He didn't create three bugs. He created like 300,000 kinds of bugs. He didn't create 10 fish. He created like 10 million kinds of fish and birds, all kinds of species and colors and beautiful flowers and plants and trees. Everything God does is big. And you know what the biggest thing he did was? Save your sorry soul and mine. He saved our souls. He redeemed us. He redeemed us from death. And he gave us life. And one day, it's going to bring us to heaven. That's big. That's the biggest thing that God ever did for us. You know, when you think about angels, too, they're all so organized. Paul mentioned why God's calling was upon his life in Ephesians 3. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, that means the multifaceted wisdom of God, might be made known to the rulers and the authorities and the heavenly places. What's he doing? He's referring to angels. He's referring to demons. He's, he's showing us that through him, he's going to reveal the grace of God and the wisdom of God. The rulers are principalities, the authorities are powers. There's like a hierarchy. There's a hierarchy of fallen angels, and there's a hierarchy of elect angels. The elect angels are the ones that stayed faithful to God. They're delegated authorities. Okay? So there's an organized system of angels. There are categories of angels. The elect angels, who did remain faithful to God, right? You remember them. They stayed faithful. Then we've got the fallen angels. They rebelled against God with Satan. You know how many did? A third of all that God created. Let's say God created a hundred billion angels. A third. Thirty-three and a third billion angels rebelled against God. You don't think Satan has the power to seduce? Oh, if he can seduce a third of God's elect angels, imagine what he, what he can do with us. In Revelation chapter 12, the Bible tells us in verse 4, his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. 
I think that's a reference to the angels here. It's Satan's rebellion. We've got guardian angels. Do you believe in guardian angels? I do. You know why? The Bible talks about them. The Bible says we've got guardian angels. Matthew 18.10. They oversee. They watch over God's little ones. They watch over us. It's good to know that we have angels that are taking note of our lives. I bet many of us have a story or two where something saved us from a catastrophe. I've had a few of those. And I believe it was the hand of an angel. Saved me from a catastrophe. And I got a few, let me tell you. I keep my angel busy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We've got angels called seraphim. Six-winged angels. You know what they do? They worship God. Yeah, Isaiah tells us all about them. In the year of King Uzziah, Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. And seraphim, they stood above him, each having six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. Oh, how majestic that must be. How beautiful that must be to have witnessed those angels and to have seen the things that Isaiah saw. You know, we've got cherubim. You know what they do? They guard the holiness of God. They're like bodyguards to God. Ezekiel tells us about them. He said, I looked and behold, a windstorm was coming from the north, a great cloud with fire flashing forth continually. And a bright light appeared around it. In its midst, in its midst, something like glowing metal in the midst of the fire. Within it, there were figures resembling four living beings. And this was their appearance. They had human form. Each of them had four faces and four wings. And their legs were straight and their feet were like a calf's hoof. And they gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, were human hands. As for the faces and the wings of the four of them, their wings touched one another, their faces did not turn when they moved. Each went straight forward. As for the form of their faces, each had the face of a man. All four had the face of a lion. Huh. And on the right, a face of a bull. And on the left, a face of an eagle. What we've got here is a picture of the four Gospels. These beautiful creatures. He said, such were their faces and their wings were spread out. Each had two touching and covering their bodies. And this cherubim, right? Cherub is single, cherubim is plural. They also got of the way to the tree of life. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned and God had to exile them from the, tree, from the garden? In Genesis 3, he drove out the man and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming swords which turned in every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Those cherubim, what do they do? They protect the holiness of God. 
They overshadow the mercy seat. You know the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant? And the center of it on the cover is where the priest sprinkled the blood and there were two cherubim overlooking the mercy seat. Because that was holy. That blood was holy. And you know what? Lucifer was a cherub. He was like the highest of the angels. He was a cherub and he messed it up. Oh, he blew it. It's amazing. It's amazing how somebody can have something so good and throw it all away. And don't we do that sometimes? You know what it's called when we do that? Sin. Having something good and you throw it away. It's called sin. Like I said earlier, angels have the ability to take on human form. Remember in Sodom and Gomorrah? It came about when the men um, came to uh, Lot's house. They said, let us in. They saw the angels in Lot's house. They looked like men. They said, we want those men. We want relations with the men. And that was like, what? Are you guys crazy? They were homosexual. And the angels said, let, let me at them. I said, no, don't go out there. And the angels, they're not afraid of anybody. They went out there and they struck them all with blindness. Boom. That was it. It was over. They took on human form. They thought they were men. In Genesis 6, it came, when it came about, men began to multiply in the face of the earth. Daughters were born to them. And the sons of God, those are the angels, they saw that the daughters of men were beautiful. They took wives of themselves, whomever they chose. See? They took upon human form. And they had sex with the women. They had children, Nephilim, half angel, half man. God sent the flood, wipe them out. In Hebrews 13, the Bible tells us, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. You know why? For by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. So think about that. Maybe you have entertained an angel or two and you never knew it. Always be nice to strangers. It might be an angel. That's what the Bible says. That's why I love the Word of God. I have the Word of God that allows me to think thoughts. Not my own personal opinion. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this, some have entertained angels without even knowing it. Quite a thing, isn't it? Hey, next time we're together, we're going to see what do the angels do? What do angels do all day? <laughs> That's what we're going to see next time. Make sure that you join me. And don't forget to go to the Hope Club. Go to the Hope Club podcast and catch up on all the messages, okay? Thank you for coming along today. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.